We are mourning the loss of Caroloo today. Many of us got word last night that she died in a car accident. Some of you may just be now hearing that news. Lots will be said about Caroloo over the coming days and weeks of all she did for this church, for each of us. She was, in her decades of service, as much a part of Christ Church as the building itself. But today is a day that isn't about Caroloo. And I think she would have liked it that way. Today is a day when we celebrate Christ the King. And if I learned anything about Caroloo over my last six years of working with her and the more than a decade that I've known her, was that Jesus was at the center of everything she did. It wasn't always conventional, and she often put on a show of grudging obedience. But for Carolou, it was always about what Jesus wanted, because she knew that in serving him, she was always making the right choice. Carolou lived into so many of the truths of our gospel today, and she uniquely inhabited the way of Jesus. She was someone who faithfully made sure that those who are in prison from our parish received weekly sermons in the mail. And she would visit the sick, always insisting that she do so on her off time. She made sure to feed us, even driving around during that first pandemic Easter, making sure that all the staff had her famous deviled eggs. So as I offer this sermon, I do it very much with Carolou in heart. Not long ago, I met a man up the street from Christchurch hanging out on the corner. I'll call him Tony. I was saying hello to the folks gathered there as I passed, talking to a few, and Tony told me that he wanted to tell me a secret. I'm a priest, so I sometimes hear secrets, and I'm always glad to offer my ear to someone who wants to share. Tony pulled me away from the gathered crowd and whispered in a low voice, You know, Pastor, I really am a multi-millionaire. It's all tied up in trust in New York. There are lawyers involved. I don't really belong here, but I'm just waiting to get it all sorted out. With that, Tony stepped back. He told me what he wanted me to know. Now, that scenario has happened to me dozens of times over my time of working with those on the margins. I always try to take people at their word, and I know that there are outrageous instances where sometimes those claims are, in fact, true. But their frequency makes me suspect that there's something else at play, something about our society and persons and who counts as somebody. Ours is a world where value is measured by what you have. It could be wealth, 
or power, could be education or fame. But we tend to notice and rank according to what we've been able to accumulate over our lives. In our introductions and connections, we whisper the badges of that value. You know, she's been really successful in business back when I was at Harvard. We drop names and accomplishments. We wear and drive and live in the symbols of our status. And we often inflate or fake those symbols, all in an attempt to prove that we are somebody worth noticing, ultimately someone worth loving. Such a situation is a tragic one. And we may want to answer it as some have with a kind of democratic equality. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is valuable. It's true as far as it goes. But such a solution still leaves something lacking. None of us really want to be placed under a collective umbrella of significance, a sameness of value. All of us desire for the unique brilliance of our lives to be acknowledged and celebrated. We feel in some deep way like we are people possessing something hidden, like we are the heirs of a kingdom to which we cannot return. This sense of our hidden greatness shows up everywhere in our fantasies, both personal and collective. From Aragorn in Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings to Rapunzel in Disney's Tangled, we have a host of stories of people whose lives are of far greater significance than their immediate circumstances indicate. Kings who can't return to their kingdoms, princesses kidnapped at birth. And perhaps we should see in these stories a truth that we all share a truth at the heart of being human. Maybe we are meant for more. Maybe each of us really does possess a wealth and value beyond what any casual passerby can see. Perhaps like that famous internet scam, we are all royals whose wealth is tied up and ready to be unleashed if only we had the right means. The story of Jesus fits this genre. In him we find the liberator of Israel, the Messiah destined for the throne of David, born in lowly Bethlehem in a manger, and in the end, coronated on a cross with a crown of thorns. Jesus was the king returned, and that's the reality that we celebrate today. But his manner of life didn't look much like that of a royal, and the truth of his character was recognized by very few. Jesus was a hidden king, a king who couldn't be recognized by any of the normal signs of power. And yet his power was such that even even death could not contain him. It was a power that healed the sick and liberated the poor. Maybe 
the way that we can learn to see the hidden royalty around us and within us. We should look at Jesus as a light by which the unique significance and destiny of our lives can be seen. How do we begin to recognize this reality? How do we practice its truth? In our gospel, Jesus tells us that we will find him in those we encounter, especially those on the margins, that it would be most difficult to include in the circle of our care. In the centuries that have followed, Christians have worked out various ways to live into this truth. For many, it has been through saying the name of Jesus over all those they meet. This is a practice not to lump everyone into some collective Christ, but instead to see the reality of God present in a unique way in each of us. In his book, The Jesus Prayer, Lev Galette, a monk of the Eastern Church, writes that the name of Jesus is a concrete and powerful means of transfiguring men and women into their most profound divine reality. He recommends that we say the name of Jesus over those we pass in our day-to-day lives, especially those we find most annoying and problematic. Through such a practice of prayerful encounter, we will find that all people are restored to their value. All are seen as lost royals whose kingdoms are restored in Jesus, the reminder of our true identity. Glut goes on to write, By recognizing and silently adoring Jesus imprisoned in the sinner, in the criminal, in the prostitute, we release in some way both those poor jailers and our master. If we see Jesus in everyone, if we say Jesus over everyone, we will go through the world with a new vision and a new gift in our hearts. This practice, this vision, is in stark contrast with the alternative path, one that centers only on advancing our own significance on our own terms. Sometimes this feeling that we are unrecognized royals leads us to assert our will and power over others. Ezekiel chided the fat sheep who pushed aside the weak, eating more than they should. And Jesus says that those who fail to serve the hidden reality of Christ in others will not find the fullness of joy when Jesus comes to claim his kingdom. I'm sure that many of us have had our moments when we've tried to prove our hidden sense of significance by seeking our own pride more than recognizing the presence of Christ in others. Our hope in such times is that someone along the way will see Christ in us, even in our pride, our selfishness, and that through that recognition we will be freed to become who we are, heirs of a kingdom of grace and joy. On this Sunday, when we honor Christ as the King of all, we are reminded that we too are children of God. We too are heirs of the kingdom. 
It is a truth that we can pronounce over everyone we encounter, saying silently the name of Jesus, the one in whom our deepest identity dwells. Living in such truth, we don't have to imagine that we have millions locked up in a trust in New York, nor do we actually have to fill our bank accounts or our educational credits or any other measures of earthly power. Instead, we can be satisfied in our significance with the gift of Jesus' name dwelling in our hearts, a name we know is our own, as well as the true name of everyone we encounter. Amen.